0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com, a proud affiliate of the hockey news. I'm your host, Nick Berlanski, joined as always by Nick Horwat, and also by a very special third guest here on today's show. You can catch him this fall, this winter, next spring, all season long on Sportsnet Pittsburgh, the new play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins on television, Josh Getzoff. How's it going, Josh?
1: What's up, guys? That's, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, I like that title, so I'm excited about it, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for having me.
0: We had you on around the same time last year. High expectations again last season, and, and the Penguins failed to meet them. But coming into this year, what Kyle Dubas has done over the past four months, I mean, I cannot think of a year in recent memory that there's been this many roster spots up for grabs. With camp starting in less than 24 hours, what position battle are you most intrigued to follow along with over the next two weeks?
1: Well, I think there's two, and I know you asked me one, but I uh, I make it a living to talk, so I'm going to go a little bit longer than, than one. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is probably the most exciting training camp we've had for the Penguins in, what, like five years? Because there just, one, hasn't been a lot of turnover, and two, where there has been turnover, there hasn't been a lot of intrigue as far as... Who is was going to be in what spot. So for me, I look first at the third defensive pair because I think legitimately when you look at this camp, both spots are up for grabs, which is a little interesting. Uh, I think we all know that the top four, whether whoever's paired with who, but it's going to be some form of Ryan Graves, Chris Letang, Marcus Pedersen, Eric Carlson, which is dynamite, and we all like that. Um, but that third pair is going to be really interesting to me for two reasons. One, you know, in a, in a perfect world, they're playing 13 to 15 minutes a night. So you need a different kind of defenseman that plays those kind of minutes, guys that necessarily aren't going to hurt you, make the smart play. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to see some of these veterans they have coming in on PTOs and see if they can make a crack at it like Mark Pesic, like Libor Hayek. Um, but obviously you have the incumbents. P.O. Joseph has every right to be there, and he's going to be, I'm sure, ready to stake his claim on that blue line. Ty Smith, I think a lot of people are going to be looking to see if he can make the step forward. Chad Ruedel and Mark Friedman are in the mix, too. So to me, that is really intriguing because, uh, of one, the personnel that are involved, there's a lot of different kinds of players for those roles, and two, just the type of role that now becomes when you have a Carlson and Latang in front of you as far as ice time is concerned. The other thing for me is who the wingers are going to be in the bottom six. Um, and I know a lot of people would probably say Jake Gensel's spot, I'm going to hope that Kyle Dubas is correct in his prediction, right, about five games. So not that those five games are irrelevant, but you need to find a temporary solution there. I think below, deeper in the lineup, you need to find permanent solutions because we can probably all agree that the Penguins' biggest shortcoming, um, aside from some injuries to goaltenders the last couple years, has just been the dryness of their bottom six. Uh, and Kyle Dubas, you mentioned it, Nick, just completely went out this summer and addressed some serious needs for this team. To me, getting guys like Noel Achari, getting guys uh, like Lars Eller, that solidifies your third- and fourth-line centers, in my opinion. Maybe not in that order, but those are the two guys I think that will probably be behind Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin if they're healthy start, uh, starting the season on October 10th. But you look at those wingers, that's to me where the greatest competition is because Jeff Carter's now in the mix there, I think. Uh, you have Andreas Jansen coming on board, Vinny Hinostroza. You signed Matt Nieto. I think we're all excited to see there as well. Um, there's a lot of pieces, Austin Wagner. Uh, and then you have the guys that have been here, like Alex Nylander, like Drew O'Connor. Um, and I, I'm really intrigued to see who really solidifies themselves in that spot because I don't think there's any question that that particular portion of the Penguins lineup is going to be better. It's just a matter of who the personnel is that makes it better uh, come opening night.
2: And right there, you pretty much just listed off every name that is, you know, a, a deep <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like a depth option or a, uh, you know, sorry, a long shot for the lineup. But are there any names in particular that jump out to you that um, people should keep an eye on? It could be, you know, a long shot threat to actually make the NHL roster as opposed to being a, a swing guy that goes back and forth.
1: Yeah, to me, the one name, well, first of all, Mark Pesek is a name that I'll be watching really closely in camp, because he's coming off an injury, I believe it was his Achilles, which is a massive injury for any player, let alone a guy who's crept into his 30s, but remember, this is a guy that has been a pretty mobile defenseman, he's got a little bit of snarl, uh, and he's played up, he had a hat trick with the Florida Panthers as a winger a couple years back, so um, he can score, he he can move if he's back to full strength, and I wonder if that's a guy that could potentially find his way onto that third pair when it's all said and done. But for me, the one that I'm really interested to see, and because I know there's some history here, is Vinny Hinastroza. Uh Kind of went under the radar as far as the signing is concerned, and it's a two-way deal, so there's an opportunity for him to be in Wilkes-Barre when it all begins. But Mike Sullivan was in the Chicago Blackhawks organization in the 2014-15 season, and he was in development on that front. And he dealt a lot with Vinnie Hinnestroza and I know this because he's told me this. And he's a big fan of Vinnie Hinnestroza. So I wonder how much he had to do with that signing, and then also the fact that he's got a chance to utilize him if maybe Vinnie Hinnestroza finds his way into the bottom six and into that fourth line winger role. He's scrappy, you know, he's he's hit double digits and goals in his career in the NHL. Uh, he's a guy that could potentially be a nice little diamond in the rough deeper in your lineup. So um that's one name that for sure I'll be watching in training camp to see what he does to, to try to earn a spot on this roster.
2: And, you know, those are some of the deeper names that we're going to all look forward to. I think Vinny Henestros is a great option as well. I didn't realize that Mike Sullivan think that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but looking ahead, and aside from the obvious names like Crosby, Malkin, Letang, and now Carlson, who are some of the sleeper choices of guys that can step up in a big way to help push the Penguins back into the postseason because that's where they all want to be heading forward?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Nick. I mean, I think you could pick a couple of these new guys. To me, though, a guy that really fits what they needed as far as personality and just the the way he's utilized within a game is Noel Achari. I mean this in a very endearing way. Noel Achari is a prick. And the (laughs) Penguins need more of those guys to be in their lineup. And he's going to play that role. He's signed here for three years, so he's not some kind of – come here, see how it goes type of thing. He's a part of the fabric now for this team. Uh, And just being around him, I had a chance to meet him at our Summer Sticks event uh, yesterday, just did some stuff with him at our media day before the uh, training camp starts here on Wednesday. He's built like a brick house. He's he's a strong guy. So he's not the biggest guy, but he's a strong guy. And He and Kyle Dubas obviously cultivated a relationship during their brief time together in Toronto. Um, And I I look at him, and I see a guy that's going to come into this lineup, he kind of knows his role. He's a, he's a bottom-six guy, potentially a fourth-line center guy. He's going to get a lot of defensive starts, uh, but he knows how to play that style of game, and he's going to play on the penalty kill. And that's huge. Like, these guys that understand their role as a bottom-six player is very important for the Penguins having to understand a team identity. Um, so Noel Achari, to me, I think is a really big pickup. And let's not forget, you look at the defensive side of the game, you look at the scrappiness, both things that are needed and both things that I think we all like about him. It wasn't that long ago in Florida, the guy potted 20 goals.
0: One of the big things was obviously, you know, bottom six, and we saw that, and we talked about that so much in this interview already, but also Eric Carlson and the defense has been completely overhauled. And when Eric Carlson initially moved the first time from Ottawa to San Jose, a lot was made out about how he didn't mesh well with Brent Burns when he first got to San Jose. So do you think there's a danger of that happening with Chris Latang as well in Pittsburgh?
1: I think that there's always a danger of that when you have a lot of guys that are alphas being converged in one room. But I'm going to err on the side of hope with a guy like Eric Carlson, that he's coming on board here and he understands that this core has been in place. Now, don't get me wrong. The guy's the reigning Norris Trophy winner for a reason. 100-plus points last year. I think we all know that he is a stud and a superstar, and that's why we're all excited to have him here. But the other side of it is, He's joining a group that has a very good reputation already in place here and i'm not thinking that he's going to come in here and ruffle any feathers or rock the boat or anything like that in fact i could see this being a dream situation where he's playing i don't know 22 to 24 minutes a night ditto for chris letang you get some power play work in there as well those guys are not shy to use the extra minutes mike sullivan's not going to be shy to use them for the extra minutes and i think that that's going to be the penguins benefit i mean you're talking about i know you guys probably thought the same thing when that trade went down this offseason i'm like holy smokes like chris latang and nick Car- or nick carlson eric carlson are going to be on the ice for the entire two periods at minimum of a three-period hockey game that's crazy and that's such a luxury, and you're not just playing guys out there that are good. You're playing Hall of Famers, and I think that makes a difference.
2: Yeah, that's, that's going to be huge going forward for this team. Um, it'll be a- awesome to see you know, if Bearman will bring fans into the seats, but we want to transition to you talk, talking about you and the uh, your transition now to the television side of things. Uh, first of all, obviously, congratulations are in order. We're all sending you big ups for it. Um, but we're wondering if you could pull the curtain back a little bit and let us know what the last few weeks have uh, been like for you with this whole process from uh, Pittsburgh Sportsnet or Sportsnet Pittsburgh, sorry, and then now you're transitioning to the TV booth.
1: Yeah, you'll get it down. We're still getting it down too, Nick. No worries. Uh, yeah, Sportsnet Pittsburgh. We're excited. So it's it, it uh, our first broadcast is going to be on October second, which is actually the Nova Scotia uh, showdown with the Penguins and the Ottawa Senators. As I understand it, that game's gonna be on Sportsnet Pittsburgh, here in Pittsburgh, but also on NHL Network and also on TSN in Canada. So we're making a debut internationally, which is uh, exciting, a little nerve wracking, but it'll be fun, we'll have a good time. Um, You know, the last few weeks have been Really uh, a whirlwind, but also really exciting. Um, As you guys have seen, you know Fenway Sports Group uh, and and purchased the rights to AT&T Sportsnet. So um, I know there's still some legal reasons why that hasn't totally transitioned over yet. I think the Pirates still playing has a lot to do with that because AT&T Sportsnet is still working and still on the air. Um, But Sportsnet Pittsburgh is what it will be called starting on October 2nd when we have that first broadcast. Um, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it'll stay the same channel uh, for wherever you got at and Sportsnet, I think it's just going to literally flip in name. Um, but the location's not going to change. I know they're working on some streaming options. A lot of people have been asking about that. So hopefully we'll have some details on that You know, before October 2nd and in the coming days and weeks. Um, but the people that are involved that we know for sure, myself, uh, Haley Hunter, I just had the chance to meet at our media day. Um, she is a really, really bubbly personality, and I think going to do a great job down there. And, and listen, she has a big, big shoes to fill with what Dan Potash has done in his career. But I also just saw Dan, and he's excited. Um, I think there's an element too of Dan's role where he's going to be the studio host, where in a way succeeding Stan Saverin, who unfortunately we lost uh, earlier this summer. And there's a there's a big prestige and a lot of honor that comes with that as well. So I think Dan's juiced up about that, but. Um, The last, you know, the last few weeks to answer your question, Nick, they've been crazy. Um, You go through a lot of emotions because you're friends with the people who are, um, you know, potentially out of a job or moving into a new situation in the case of Mirzi. But we've been in contact. We've all talked to each other. This hasn't been a situation where there's been walls thrown up and nobody's uh, spoken with each other. Mirzi and I are very friendly um, and I'm really happy to see him staying. I think a lot of people are uh, on the radio side. And I think that at the end of the day, what we've done here is you've seen the refresh, I guess, so to speak of the Penguins front office and the refresh of the team on the ice and the broadcast is getting a refresh. And um, there's excitement that comes with all three facets, right? Like different reasons why people are excited about it. Um, but for me, um, you know, I, I've always taken the opinion of when I call a game, I bring a lot of energy, enthusiasm. You know, I want the Penguins to win, but I also want the fans to be informed and understand the flow of the game, you know, through my tone and through my emotion when I call it. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, the, the hardest thing for me is going to be trying to contain myself when we first get going because – I just love it, and I'm excited, and it's gonna be it's gonna be high octane. That's the way I operate, so um, it'll be fun, and we'll have a we'll have a really good time. And I'm excited for everyone else to see the rest of the broadcast details when they come out, because I think people will be excited, um, and I think people will get even more uh, juiced up about you know what's to come with Sportsnet Pittsburgh.
0: I did want to ask, in your opinion, which current Pittsburgh Penguin would make a good color analyst once their career on the ice is over?
1: Whew. That's a good one. Oh man. Um, so the funny thing is, I don't know a lot of the new guys yet. Obviously, I haven't had a chance to meet them, so it's hard to weigh in. I feel like the, a lot of them, from what I've had the little conversations with, are pretty well spoken. But I don't want to jump the gun and give them too much credit. Um, let's see. The first guy actually that came to mind, um, just because I I love hearing him talk about the game, and he's very knowledgeable. But I don't know how he would translate to to T V is is actually Marcus Petterson. Um, he really He's great. He's 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 got a good personality. It doesn't come out all the time because he's he kind of guards himself in front of the cameras a little bit. But the guys love him, and he's he's a character. Um, and he is another guy that I've talked to a bunch about certain things within games, um, and and he brings a lot of insight on that. And he's very well spoken. The Swedes always are, right? They seem to speak English uh, better than some of us do, and we're Americans. So uh, he's he's. Uh, He's probably the first guy that came to mind when you asked me that question. There were a few others. uh, I think for looks alone, right, Chris Letang would have to be in there. Um, But I would probably say Marcus Pedersen. And I don't know if people would necessarily name him first, but when I thought about who does a good job of when I have questions about certain things that can answer them and and answer them in a way that I understand them and they come across logically, uh, Marcus Pedersen comes to mind, so he'd probably be my choice.
0: I know he's no longer with the Penguins, but last season, I probably would have said Jason Zucker.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And he also, you know, he's got a style aspect to himself, too. He would have shown out if he knew he was going on TV. So, yeah, that's that's a guy that, that's a good call, actually. He he would have been good. We'll miss him a lot this year for a lot of reasons. What a great guy and, you know, awesome awesome hockey player, but also did a lot for the community. Um, And, you know, it was only a one year deal in Arizona and who knows where they'll be at the trade deadline. So you have to think that Zucker will be a hot commodity, Uh, but definitely excited to see him get a good payday there. And uh, we'll see him soon enough.
0: Well, you can catch him calling games for Sportsnet
1: Pittsburgh this season.
0: Back to the tip of the iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. Again, I'm Nick Berlansky. That's Nick Horwat. Huge shout out again to Josh Getzoff for joining the show, and congratulations to him. And just as we got off the air with Josh cuz pull the curtain back a little bit we talked to Josh on Wednesday we're recording this portion of the podcast on Thursday but literally 20 minutes after we finished with Josh Gets Off it was announced who's going to be joining him in the broadcast booth and it is a bevy of former penguins that will be joining him throughout the season Phil Bork and Josh Gets Off A dynamic duo over the past couple of seasons on radio. We will get to see them on Sportsnet Pittsburgh as Borky will pull double duty from the radio broadcast booth. Interesting to see who's going to take his spot when he moves over to TV. Who will be alongside Steve Mears. Maybe it's Staggy. Maybe it's our good putty uh, Brian Metzer. We'll have to just wait and see, I guess. Uh, But also, in that rotation, is going to be Colby Armstrong and Mike grew up. Of course, Colby Armstrong, former Pittsburgh Penguin, early Sidney Crosby era days, and currently a member of NHL Network. Uh, no, he's Sportsnet. He did some time on NHL on TNT this past season. And of course, people know him from Chicklet's Game Notes as well. So he will be taking the broadcast booth with Gets Off, and as well as Mike Rupp, who was on NHL Network, uh, still is on NHL Network. And he does That's Hockey Talk with the Pat McAfee Sports Podcast Network, whatever they call it. It's Pat, Pat McAfee's little conglomeration out there in Indianapolis. But that's the trio, not to mention for those who were concerned jay's telestration will be back as part of the broadcast this season jay caulfield returns in the same role that he has held since 2005
2: and that's the big one right no it's it's great that uh all those the the cool part about all four of those names is that a they're not necessarily new hires they're kind of extended roles uh and they're all familiar faces all names that we had brought up before aside from caulfield but we just we knew he was a studio guy mm-hmm. uh but i mean when we were having the discussion of who's gonna be the next you know tv color guy we mentioned both Rupp and armstrong so i don't want to say that these were the obvious choices they're just the right choices they're good names to bring into this fold on a more consistent basis um and do we think gets off new whenever we were talking yes. with him and was just keeping it quiet because uh, i believe so it was that quickly like we, I, we, Berlanski had not, for more uh, curtain, Berlanski <laughs> had not started editing this, editing the uh, whole thing yet, the interview, but whenever I got the email, and we both got the email, I should say, saying
0: uh what the rundown was going to be, it, <clears throat> excuse me, and more names might still be coming out. Yeah, there might be additions to the broadcast team as, you know, we sit here and wait because they don't go on air until October 2nd, like, uh, like Getzoff mentioned. Mm-hmm. Up in Nova Scotia. But a congratulations goes to those four. Obviously, nice to see a bunch of former Penguins again be part of the broadcast team. It'll be nice to see Colby Armstrong and Mike Rupp on a more consistent basis as they'll be both in the broadcast booth as well as in the studio. And the last thing I want to mention before we uh, go over to talk a little bit about the Big Three, because I feel like we haven't talked about them nearly enough this summer. Uh, The the last thing I do want to mention is is this is a really vote big vote of confidence in Josh Getzoff because it's difficult to go through an 82-game season. And in the one thing that typically announcers have is that one person, that chemistry that is built up and just gets to stay, the one constant during the season is who you're working with. To have Getzoff have a trio of guys, now, albeit a trio of very established, very polished professional color analysts in Borky, Colby, and Mike Rupp, not to take anything away from their talent and ability, but to work with three different people throughout the season, that's a big vote of confidence and gets off. And obviously, I'm very excited to see what he does in the broadcast booth. And I think this shows you that FSG and the Pittsburgh Penguins are excited as well, considering they're telling him that you're going to be the one constant on broadcasts.
2: Yeah, he'll be the main guy. He'll be the go-to. Uh, and yeah, they're filtering names in and out. But what's real nice about the names that they have chosen is that they are all already in house, right? This isn't aside from Haley Hunter. There was, there hasn't yet been a single, uh, play of NESN just pulling in a name from the outside and going, this is our person aside from, like I said, aside from Haley hunters, she's the only one. Everyone else has been an in house name that we have already been aware of. Hmm. uh, And have already heard on our TVs or on our radios. So it's going to be, uh, you know, not much, it's not really going to sound like much has changed in terms of uh, voices that you hear or um, the way things are brought to you. So, you know, we'll see how all the rest of the details fill out. I'm excited to see what it all looks like on TV. Uh, and for when it comes to Steve Mears, I'm excited to hear how that goes on radio. There's all kinds of new things. Like I said, it's all going to sound familiar, but fresh. It's going to be interesting and
0: fun. The one thing, if I may, before we sw- switch, uh, the one thing I may request is please don't have the same score bug as Nesson. I don't like the Nesson score bug. I think it's boring and bland. And your teams are all black and gold. One's red and blue, and your score bug is just plain blue. It's it's old school. Let's go with something a little bit more new school. We'll, but, s- um, we'll see what they do. <laughs> we'll see what they do, especially with the first game being on October 2nd, Penguin Senators from Nova Scotia, so we'll see what that looks like in a couple of weeks, but let's talk about somebody from Nova Scotia, somebody from Magnetogorst, and somebody from, I don't remember where Crystal Tank's from, from Quebec. Straight up Montreal, uh, I believe. He's from straight up Montreal. I believe so. That's interesting,
2: but uh, not Laval, big- not one of those other surrounding towns. I'm pretty sure it's just Montreal. Well,
0: there you go. Uh, the big three, they return for their 18th season together. Listen, I know that at the age of 26, almost 27, I have no right to say that makes me feel old, especially because the people I'm talking about are all 10 years older than me. But that makes me feel old, Horwat. That's okay. It's allowed.
2: You're allowed <laughs> to feel older. Because that's a big change. number. It's a big number. Is, I mean,
0: 18 years together, it's so big, in fact, that it is the most by a trio in North American sports history – Crosby himself also breaks the Penguins record entering his 19th season. He is now, of course, uh, the franchise leader in seasons played by a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, not, not something that's probably going to be caught unless he retires before the other two. Uh, yeah, it'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Latang's contract does go longer. It does, but Crosby's so competitive. He might be like, all right, you know what, Tanger, we're going to play to the very end. Uh, I don't think Malkin's gonna. I don't think Malkin's gonna continue to play past those two. But uh, regardless, back together for an 18th consecutive season, and this one might be. I don't want to say the most important because they've had some important seasons in the past after that 2014-15 season to come back and win the Stanley Cup the following year. Remember how low people were on the Pittsburgh Penguins after that first year of Mike Johnston and the first year of Jim Rutherford, and it was not working out, and that was supposed to be the new era of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Similar feel here this season with a lot of new faces, including Kyle Dubas and a very brand-new organization as far as the hockey management side of things. Entering this year, do you think... They've finished the trio with more or less points than last season. Last year, they finished with 217 total points among the three of them. Crosby had 93, Malkin had 83, and Chris Letang, because he played limited time, finished with 41 points. They would each have to average 72 to get to that. Let me let me say that, too, <laughs> before you give your answer. Do you think they have more or less points than last season? I, I'm going to say more just because... I am of the belief that all
2: three of them will exceed the number that they hit last year. I don't know by how much. All they need to do is hit 218 for this to work. Um, And I'm fairly certain uh, Sidney Crosby can uh, and will fight for at least 90 points again, maybe push 95. Don't know about 100, but there's a lot of discussion out there that um, he might be able to hit it one more time. He might be able to throw his name into the Hart Trophy race if he's able to keep up uh, especially keep up points wise with guys like McDavid and Drysidel. Um there's a lot of that discussion out there and you know if Sidney Crosby is nothing if not consistent and also hungry to really win this season. Uh Malkin's Malkin'll be a little bit more difficult to hit that number again. Um but if he ends up spending a ton of time with Eric Carlson, there's no reason why uh, his numbers shouldn't inflate this upcoming season for one more really good run under his belt. Uh, and if Latang is able just to remain healthy and on the ice all season, there's no reason why he couldn't exceed 41. That's just, that yeah, one's pretty easy.
0: That one to me is easy. I think Chris Latang is the reason that these guys actually beat that number this year because, like you said, I expect Crosby to come out and have another really, really good season. I think that the three of these guys are extremely motivated entering the season. Not to mention the fact that you know two of them played all 82 games last season. The big thing about that is. They didn't have to rehab at all this summer, a summer that in multiple press conferences now or press appearances, Sidney Crosby has said was the longest summer of his life. It felt like it was so long. And now he comes back with that fire, with that rest. I could see him surpassing 93 points. I could definitely see him finishing up and around the 90 point range. Malkin's going to be the tough one, like you said. I think that 83 is right around where he's finishing as well, but it's Latang that's going to finish with more than 50 points this season, and, and if you your hopes are that he gets past 60, um, but I'm not going to project that. Um, I, I do think that they finish with over 217, and of course a lot of that is predicated on can they stay healthy, and it's also predicated on can Eric Carlson stay healthy because he is the X factor in all of this, and the reason that we really haven't talked about the big three all that much to start this season, is because there's so much new. You know, we talked to Josh Getzoff at the beginning of the show. We didn't mention Crosby, Malkin, Latang all that much. We talked to Eric Carlson. We talked to Vinny Henestroza I love that nugget that he brought up surrounding Vinny Hinnestroza, And he had a long answer on Nola Chari, And that's somebody we haven't talked about. We've talked about all these other guys. Nola Chari, Vinny Hinnestroza, And we still haven't really talked all that much about Crosby, Malkin, and Latang because it is year 18. We know what to expect from these three. Stay healthy, and they're going to be phenomenal, and the Penguins might just need that again. You hope that they don't. You hope that this bottom six and this defense core with Eric Carlson can really help them this season, but it seems as if, regardless, the Penguins aren't going anywhere. You know, Captain Obvious statement coming, alert, alert, Penguins aren't going anywhere unless these three can continue to play as they have throughout the majority of their careers. Of
2: course. it's They're the obvious names to carry this team back into the postseason. That's mm-hmm. kind of why I asked Getzoff, is there anyone else who's going to be able yeah. to do this? Because, yeah, we know Crosby's going to be a big – if they get back in there, we know Crosby's going to be a big reason. It's going to be the leader. Um, scoring-wise, he's going to be the leader, just leadership-wise. That's why he's worn the captaincy since he was basically – 12 it, he's had it the entire time he's been here i can't remember the exact age now for some reason but that being said we know that those guys are going to be the ones that carry this team to wherever they go if they falter the team falters there's nothing we can do about it yep um that's so why i was curious if there were any other names aside from those three obvious ones and maybe carlson if that if they step up um they're the ones that can also help along the way and now i'm forgetting who he said unless you already said it and i'm just losing it he said Nolachari, did he not
0: Mm-hmm. There yeah, you go. Nolichari, and he also mentioned Vinny Henestrosa.
2: Yeah. So that's, and those are all names to watch along the way. Henestrosa's spot in the lineup isn't guaranteed yet, but just that nugget that, you know, Josh Getzoff told us, the he, he's a Sullivan guy, first of all, that's huge. We yeah. all know this. That's a big up right there. If he's a Sullivan guy, That goes a important. long way. Whew. Yeah, so, and I, I know I sent this to you in DM, and it you don't we don't take anything from you know the guy the the amount of tv time that people get but i mean ahlers don't get the uh the uh in-house media day treatment like vinnie Hinnestroza did so who knows i mean if if anything we'll see his face on on uh pittsburgh sports pittsburgh
0: there you go we're all gonna have
2: to learn it (laughs) just drop at&t that's all you have to do
0: yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Although AT and T Sportsnet didn't really use Pittsburgh at the end of it, but it was there. Yeah, it was there. Um, on Twitter. But uh, regardless, um, yeah, no. When, remember what I said to you when you sent that to me? The line between NHL and AHL is kind of blurry right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, so. I'm not sure you can consider him an AHLer until he's officially uh, sent down, if he is indeed officially sent down. But it would be a surprise to me. uh, If he makes the NHL roster out of camp, that would be a training camp surprise. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll give you our biggest surprise at Penguins training camp. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. Horwath training camp starts in T-minus 40 minutes, hence the reason we're finishing this show in the next 5 or 10. That way you can get up there and watch the Pittsburgh Penguins take the ice for the first time in organized team activities. Uh, Guys like Eric Carlson's first practice, Matt Nieto, Lars Eller, all the guys will be out there in their practice uniforms getting ready to work towards the beginning of the 2023-24 NHL season so it's prediction time we're not going to do our season predictions yet we're going to wait a little bit later we got just about three weeks until the start of the NHL season coming here but our prediction for Penguins training camp the biggest surprise at this year's camp will be who or what Horwath I'll let you answer first
2: let me answer first oh boy um that's a great i so i don't think this one will happen and while i try and tee up a real answer keep an eye on that backup goalie battle genuinely i know that alex nadelkovich came in and is probably give, gonna be given the upper hand here um but if he doesn't have a step forward from where he was last year you gotta remember he played in the ahl quite a bit last year he played more time in the ahl i think this is how the numbers went more time in the ahl and wave and fewer fewer games in the end at the nhl level than magnus helbert did the guy he's fighting for that role with um not that that's the obvious answer but keep an eye on that um and if you want a real deal big surprise uh don't be shocked if ty smith wins the role this year over po joseph that's your surprise something about i don't know why a third offensive defenseman i know it's now we're getting nutty um uh, but that that uh defense from offense that we're going to be getting on the bottom six Mm -hmm. could push certain things in certain directions and go we don't need the defensive defenseman not saying po joseph gets sent to the ahl but if po's the seven don't be surprised
0: it's funny because my biggest surprise is po joseph There you go. Uh, So I'm on the opposite end of the coin with you here because I think that a lot of people are actually thinking the way that you're thinking that, oh, okay, Ty Smith's here. Look at all these options. The safety net of the waiver exemption is gone. So really, P.O. Joseph has to go out there and and compete and out-compete and outperform all of these other defensemen. Yes, he has the leg up because he played for the Penguins last season. Yes, he played his first complete NHL season, and he looked good uh, for the majority of the year. But a lot of people, for some reason, have been saying, oh, he's going to lose his spot. He's going to lose his spot. He doesn't really have it. I mean, look at these other guys. Look at Mark Pesek. He's a big body. He has some offense. Look at Ty Smith. He outperformed him last year in camp. These are all things that, I mean, I've said some of these things too. The Ty Smith thing is, is a point that we have hammered home on both this show and on inside the Penguins. And sorry, excuse me, on Penguins to go. But I expect him... To answer the bell there I mean he looked you know loose and happy and feel good and that's P.O. Joseph but I expect that once the whistles are blown once the practice begins this guy is going to be locked in I expect him to come out and have an impressive training camp and really stake his claim to the left spot on that third pairing now the right side gets interesting and who becomes the seventh defenseman gets interesting but I really feel like a lot of people have have kind of Shifted their attention away from P.O. Joseph, and I know I know that even us and even Josh Getzoff earlier on the show said, listen, there's the top four spots, and then it's an open competition for the next three, the two on the third pairing and that extra defenseman. P.O. Joseph, I-, I think it's a little disrespectful to really just say that, hey, listen, he's on level playing field. I think he showed last season, and I think he's going to show in this training camp why he is on a different level than a lot of these guys. Your Libor Hayek's, your Mark Friedman's, your Chad Ruweedles. I'm not quite going to say a Mark Pesek and a Ty, Ty Smith, because I do think they're closer to that level, but I think Pio Joseph separates himself a little bit from the pack at training camp. That's my biggest surprise, because I feel like, a lot of people in the fan base, a lot of people in the media, they're expecting this to be a very, very tight race. I expect P.O. Joseph to blow everybody out of the water. That's that's my biggest surprise of training camp. And with that, since we talked about, you know, you said Smith wins that spot. That's your surprise. I said Joseph wins that spot. Who do you think right now, the prediction, and that's how we're going to end this, your prediction for the Penguins' third pairing, who do you think ends up being left side, right side on the third pairing on October 10th?
2: I mean, between Smith or Joseph, I think it honestly could go either way. Um, but as for who's making that role, who's making that lineup on the other side, I wouldn't be shocked to see a Smith Pissick. I'm also just kind of staking my claim in that Mark Pissick's making this team straight up. I don't know how else to put it. Chad Ruweedle. you know what's really shocking about Chad Ruweedle? I didn't bring it up on the I've never I haven't brought it up on the pod yet, but I wrote it into a story at some point. Uh, he's one of the longest tenured Penguins on the team right now. He made his debut with the team almost exactly a month after Jake Gensel did. Uh, You don't realize that because of how often he's kind of sent back and forth, not in the lineup or, you know, playing in a reduced role. But he's been here for, this will be his eighth season, I think. (laughs) And not saying that that immediately means he needs to be kicked out, um, but he plays a role that's a lot like a backup goalie. You filter those guys in and out. I thought Casey Smith long overstayed his welcome. And now we see that, you know, he has been since been sent to montreal scratches uh vancouver that's and i'm not saying that's exactly what needs to happen with ruido here because we know how dependable he is but at some point you feel you you got to find someone else for that role uh mm. and i just think that time is now last year of his contract he's not necessarily a quote unquote dubis guy so we'll see uh, if he's able to survive the dubas regime because like Mm -hmm. i said this a long time ago too dubas had every right to come in here and clean house you know and he did in certain areas but he did in a lot of areas yeah but there are certain names and other faces that survived but also still have it's there's still time for them to not so i think that's just where where Weedle falls in that situation i think mark comes in and takes his spot easy as cake
0: easy as cake jeez all right no 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 faith in baldy um uh, that beautiful bald head of chad ruedle i mean he's a great golfer from what it looks like and a great partner so. for uh for evgeny malkin but no my prediction and again the disrespect continues for chad ruedle i, I I think it's going to be P.O. Joseph on the left, and I actually think Ty Smith wins out that right spot. I think that the Penguins want to try that out early in the season. They want to see, hey, is this something that can work? Can we continue to filter defense or offense through their defense? Because that's what Todd Reardon does. He likes to push the pace on defense to get some production from the blue line. Ty Smith does that in spades. I think P.O. Joseph is going to be good enough defensively that they're going to feel comfortable putting those two young defensemen on the third pairing but I do think the experience of Mark Pesek, not to mention he can move the puck, as Josh Getzoff mentioned. My only question with him is, how is his ankle? If his ankle mm-hmm. looks good and he looks good, I think he wins the seventh defenseman spot. If it doesn't, I think it's Chad Ruedel. So that's how I see this entire thing playing out. At the beginning, of course, two weeks, a lot can change in the next two weeks, but uh, that's how I see it. So some you know, combination of Ty Smith, P.O. Joseph, and Mark Pesick is what we're predicting. Uh, what pre- we're predicting as a show, so uh, we'll see if that ends up being the case. Obviously, Will Butcher might have something to say about that. Mark Friedman might have something to say about that, and certainly Chad Ruweedle might have something to say about that. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Hockey is back. The Penguins are on the ice. Check out insidethepenguins.com for the full list of practice times and when you can go and check them out in Cranberry. Uh, but we will have stories through it all as we count down the days until the open of the 2023-24 season. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts from or on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you
1: next time.